save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Good morning, America. This is Gun Owners News Hour, and uh, let's go straight to uh, let's go straight to California. Here I come. Uh, this is where Gavin Newsom is out there, and he has uh, well, he's got uphill battle. See, desperate times call for desperate measures, and uh, for gun control activists and anti two A politicians. These times are desperate. Blue states like California, Illinois, and Washington are still able to pass restrictions on legal gun owners, but the prospects of many of these new laws being upheld by the courts are slim, thanks to Bruin. And even as they put more laws in place, more than a million guns are being sold each and every month. So what's an anti-gunner to do. Well, in Gavin Newsom's case, they call for a constitutional amendment to enshrine gun control into the U.S. Constitution. And he said, our ability to make a more perfect union is literally written into the Constitution. So today I'm proposing the 28th Amendment to the United States Constitution to do just that. The 28th Amendment will enshrine in the Constitution common-sense gun safety measures that Democrats, Republicans, independents, and gun owners overwhelmingly support, while leaving the Second Amendment unchanged and respecting America's gun-owning tradition. The 28th Amendment will permanently enshrine four broadly supported gun safety principles into the U.S. Constitution, raising the federal minimum age to purchase a firearm from 18 to 21. Mandating universal background checks to prevent truly dangerous people from purchasing a gun that could be used in a crime. Instituting a reasonable waiting period for all gun purchases and barring civilian purchase of assault weapons that serve no other purpose than to kill as many people as possible in a short amount of time. Weapons of war our nation's founders never foresaw. Now... As he's proposing this, one thing to remember about that, Gavin Newsom is 55 years old. He's uh, in the life of a politician. He's still got a couple of decades. And if, if he's laying the groundwork for this, this is something he's going to continue to press. But he also says that the California legislature is going to call for an Article 5 convention of the states to approve the proposed amendment. But... That will be an interesting thing to to try to open that can of worms. Getting 33 other states on board would be almost impossible. Democrats control 20 state legislatures across the country, but Newsom, who seated his political committee with $10 million and has spent time on the national stage trolling uh, DeSantis and Abbott, has for years crusaded against the gun industry and reaped the political benefits in a state where voters broadly support strong curbs on firearms because they're idiotic. And yeah, I said it. 
I have a better chance of being elected president in 2024 than Newsom has of getting 13 states with either split control or GOP control to hop on board his gun control bandwagon. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure the governor is aware of that fact. And I don't think that he seriously believes that an Article 5 convention to enact his proposed 28th Amendment will be held in this political environment. But he's trying to push the Overton window on the bare minimum gun control so the gun control lobby wants to put in place, as well as to try to appear to offer a reasonable alternative to the wackos in Colorado who have been demanding that Governor Jared Polis sign an executive order banning gun sales and possession as part of their effort to repeal the Second Amendment. And this is mostly a political stunt. This is, you know, throwing feces against the wall to see what sticks. But it's also another signal that the anti-gunners are desperate to go big in light of the Bruin decision. Now, their primary goal at the moment is to take control of both chambers of the Congress in 2024 and pack the Supreme Court full of anti-gun justices who will overturn Heller, McDonald, and Bruin. But if they fail, then they'll keep on their backup plan of obliterating our right to keep and bear arms by amending the Constitution. Now, his call for a constitutional convention is, is ceding that ground, but when and if they get on board with an amendment, I don't think they're going to back his proposal. If they're going to seriously try to change the Constitution, my guess is they're going to go out for an outright repeal and instead of enshrining an assault weapons ban and waiting periods, universal background checks, and an under-21 gun ban into the founding document. I just don't think that's going to be what happens. In other news, uh, the RAND Corporation released a recent survey of teachers about safety issues like arming teachers in schools to deter potential mass shooters. And in various legislative bodies out there, they have there have been proposals to allow them to voluntarily train and arm themselves with a legally owned firearm in schools with almost no success in becoming law. In an Arkansas school district, at least 20 staff members chose to arm themselves in school. Now, the survey's key findings were that 54% of teachers believed that arming teachers would make schools less safe. 20% said that it would make schools safer. 26% noted it wouldn't make schools more safe or less safe. And white teachers were more likely to believe that arming teachers would make schools safer compared to their black colleagues. And rural male teachers were most likely to say they would personally carry a firearm at school if allowed. Other findings were that around half the teachers felt that current security procedures positively affected the school climate, and only 5% felt that their school's physical security measures had a negative effect on school climate. And teachers' main safety concern was not gun violence, but bullying, which is an interesting due to the nonstop anti-gun narrative being pushed by the mainstream media. But they're the ones on the on the you know on the front line, so they know what's what and who's who. So not helping matters is, is that the mainstream media buried other relevant information in its reporting, such as that 550,000 teachers out of three million expressing interest in arming themselves to defend their students and themselves, and emphasized how 54% of teachers do not believe arming teachers would make schools safer. Who cares? <laughs> who cares what they think? Um, I think you throw that out there and you say, if this is something you want to do, have at it. Okay? If this is something the teachers want to do, then you have at it. And if it isn't something that you want to do, okay, I get it. It's not for everybody. 
we're asking you to take on a yet another responsibility in addition to all the other things you're t- taking on. But then again, you know, the teach, the whole teaching profession for me is a mixed bag right now. Mixed. Because in the teachers' communities, uh, you know, they're pushing a lot of stuff despite laws being passed and everything to the contrary, saying they cannot push this uh, transgendered mumbo-jumbo out on people. And yet they continue to do it. They continue to push it on a regular basis. And uh, that in and of itself is an issue and should be an issue for us. And the fact that they don't want to arm up, well... Okay, I don't know exactly what the what the answer to that one is. And if we if we were to say, okay, so 54 percent of the teachers say they don't want to let's look at that just on a school level. And let's say they passed it to where they could arm up if they wanted to. And they got the faster program or one of these programs in there to put them on a, you know the same training page. If they did that, then there's still enough teachers that are willing to be armed that it would, you know, secure the school. Uh, I do not know why they are not looking out and seeing, like, the examples of the faster program, what it's doing for the schools there, because nothing like that has happened. None of the teacher, none of the teachers that are carrying guns in schools today are endangering the students. Until we harden the target, the target is going to continue to be like a big, dripping blood chunk of red meat for these rampage killers when they finally set themselves off. And they will find the chink in the armor. They will go looking. They've done it. We've seen it. They have done it. We've seen it. We'll see it again. We're going to see it again, probably soon. We didn't see it this last time uh, with this uh, school shooting at the, at, the, at the graduation. I remember, was it in Baltimore or something like that? That was not a rampage killer. This was more of a gang thing. That was more of a gang thing. And still, it shows the chink in the armor about any crowd of people. A crowd of people is a chink in the armor as far as defending it. And if you're going to make it a gun-free zone, well, it's more like a gaping uh, train tunnel in the in the armor. It's not a chink anymore. So, just some things to consider as we go forward today. We'll be right back. This is Gun Owners News Hour. <laughs> Gun Owners News Hour. Uh, we know a few things about the Gen Zers. Thirty percent of the Gen Zers think that uh, it, should, it would be a smoking hot idea to have in-home surveillance for the government to be able to make sure that you're not doing bad things in your home. Forty-nine percent of them find Marxism attractive. So, as a uh, as a age demographic, uh, when Politico came out with this, I'm not surprised at it. Because according to them, about 25% of the young Republicans in one poll say they strongly or somewhat support an assault weapons bill. Or an assault weapons ban, rather. And uh, the headline is, young Republicans aren't clinging to guns like the rest of the GOP. 
<laughs> what a sea change, okay? Um, and right now we're gonna be we're gonna start seeing these guys dueling. They're gonna be out there, uh, you know, putting out their Second Amendment bona fides and their opposition to gun gun confiscation to the primary voters. Uh, According to Politico, some Gen Z and millennial Republicans are moving in the opposite direction. A significant share of younger conservatives reared in an age of mass violence embrace gun restrictions, which I don't know how that makes them conservative, to be quite honest with you. One poll conducted by Harvard's Political Institute this spring found that a clear majority of young conservatives supported mandatory psychological exams for gun purchasers. A separate recurring survey from YouGov concluded in March that Gen Z and millennial Republicans are more likely to believe in tougher gun laws than older Republicans and that young conservative support for the idea has grown in the past year. The generational disconnects suggest broader GOP opposition to gun restrictions will be a steady irritant inside a party already struggling to appeal to young voters. It could also challenge White House hopefuls and members of Congress to eventually refine their message on guns with Republican primary and general election voters, even if the concerns of young people won't transform GOP politics overnight. I'm not that worried about them transforming the GOP. Because very shortly what we're going to have is we're going to have two Americas. We're going to have an America where crime is rampant, uh, taxed up to their eyeballs, Everybody owns an electric car, but nobody can plug them in, um, you know, that kind of thing. That's going to be blue America. Red America is going to be liberty-loving, and you're going to be able to drive a gas car. It probably will all be drawing, driving Toyota, Toyotas. Toyota has d- taken a very hard look at the numbers and the practicalities, the plausibilities of everything when it comes to fossil fuel consumption and figured out that electric cars have no long-term Future, which is something I've been saying for quite some time. But all of this aside, Gen Z right now is being fed a bunch of garbage. It's garbage in, garbage out. Now, one of the things they say, um, and one of the this is the elected chairman of the Texas Young Republican Federation set of gun violence. His name is Joaquin Hernandez. There are some concerns from Gen Z voters specifically, mainly because they've had to deal with it more growing up. It's become more rampant in society. But at the same time, I really don't know when and where that conversation will within the party will happen. You still have a lot of elected officials and Republicans within the party who don't believe that we should have government interference when it comes to owning guns. Well, for the Gen Zers out there, uh, there's a lot of other things that are also more prevalent that have led to this. Because there were guns everywhere. There were no checks and balances when I was growing up. You know, I'm on the tail end of the baby boom. I was born in 61. So that meant that I was, uh, you know, single digits in the 60s. And in the 70s, I was coming of age. And when I used to drive to school, people were driving to school with guns in their car. Hanging where you could see them in the window, not locking the car up. Nobody was stealing them, and nobody was getting out there. Uh, the Gun Control Act of 1968 had only just occurred. It, only, it was only 11 years old when I graduated from high school. There were no background checks, right? Uh, that we, we were only just starting to see serial numbers on guns because they didn't exist before 1968. Nobody serialized guns. So uh, there were guns everywhere. 
we had a bunch of guys with skill sets out there. You know, we had a bunch of Vietnam vets out there. We had a bunch of, uh, you know, before us, there were the World War II vets with the skill sets out there that knew how to, and they knew how to use weapons very well. And, you know, we didn't have this kind of stuff that we have happening now. And that's primarily due to Gen Z being allowed to grow up with no form of discipline whatsoever. And if you, any of you are Gen Zers, you know that what I'm telling you is true. Without discipline, there's a lot of things that we're, are going to go sideways, including behavior. So when you, when you know, right now uh, there's a TikToker in uh, in Britain named Mizzy, and his TikTok shtick, although he just has, he's been kicked off of TikTok, and now he's going to set up on Twitch. His TikTok shtick was to act like he was stealing dogs from old people or jumping on the back of Jewish people or just going into somebody's house. And, you know, he's a young black kid, and he was doing it to older people. And, uh, yeah, he was terrorizing a lot of people in the name of clout. And he thinks it's just for the laugh out louds and all this other stuff. And I'm, I saw him being interviewed by, uh, by Piers Morgan. And, yeah, he's one of yours. Gen Zers, which no, he's not. He's a little young for that. But uh, having said all that, you guys are not going to be able to run the world when we're gone. When we're gone, you're not going to be able to do it. Now, access to firearms. The difference between me and say any other servant out there is that I am a citizen of the United States. I own weapons. I carry weapons. That's just the way it is. Uh, all these things that we talk about uh, trying to put together to stop this, that, the other. There is no way, kids, to stop this now. Too many of your colleagues, too many of your your contemporaries... And most of them are a little younger than you are. I will give you that. Most of them are in their late teens, early 20s. Um, as we're seeing, the pandemic lockdown was hard on them. The whole transgender nonsense is hard on them. Yes, they do have, a, they, they got a lot going on without a doubt. They've got a lot of stuff I never had to deal with. But then again, I was never, I never doubted that I was a guy, you know? And I never doubted that I was going to carry a gun. I mean, as soon as I, I started shooting when I was 12, you know? So, I mean, so most of the young Gen Zers who are out there right now today who think it'd be smoking hot to have um, in-home surveillance happening from the government and 49% of them wanting Marxist, a Marxist form of government, uh, we have... There's a few of them that think there should be gun control. That's not a shocker to me. I would have been shocked if that were not the case. So, um, okay. I got you. Totally understand. We've gone too far as it is. Where I'm going next, it's going to drive you Gen Zers crazy. This is Gun Owners News Hour.
have a semi-automatic weapon problem in America today. We do. This is Gun Owners News Hour. The problem is that too few of us are ready to do their duty and to defeat criminals and tyrants because they don't own the kind of weapon necessary for our free and secure people to remain free and secure. We only have 1.2 guns per person right now, according to certain numbers, and this is a tragic shortage, considering that each one of you should have a battle rifle and a handgun in order to perform his or her duty. So here's a modest proposal. I say we ensure an M4, a real M4, in every pot. Make it mandatory and have the government supply one. And this only makes sense. First of all, they don't have that many of them ready to go anyway. So this would be a boon. This would be a boon to the gun industry and to jobs. Do you know how many jobs it would create? And if a citizen has a gun, then you are by God a citizen. And if a citizen does not have a gun, he is not a citizen. He is a serf at the mercy of his feudal overlords. Because the right to keep and bear arms is not just a right, it's a duty. It's an obligation. Everybody who's a law-abiding and healthy adult must have a real, real assault rifle and the ammo to use it to protect himself, his family, his community, and his constitution. And this is not something you can delegate out, like serving on a jury and paying taxes. You can't sloth this off on others. Everybody's got to step up. We can't rely on the police. There's just not enough of them. And due to indifference and apathy, there's fewer of them now than ever before. So all of us have to step up and be first responders. There's no better response to criminals and aspiring tyrants than a bunch of Americans packing the same heavy-duty firepower that our soldiers do. And we have to make it mandatory because some people are half-stepping. And we have to supply those Americans without the means to buy the necessary guns and ammunition with a weapon and rounds so they too can know the pride of participating fully in their own governance as a full-blown citizen. And I am not talking about an AR-15. An AR-15 is pretty good. But without that full chatter switch on there, I mean, I want to go full squirrel. Uh, I'm looking for an M4 or an M16, whichever whichever way you want to go. And I'm talking real assault weapons, real assault rifles. And uh, the left cries about us having weapons of war, but those are exactly what we should all have. We didn't drive the Brits back to the island of bad teeth with a bunch of hugs. Now, we've all learned how important diversity is, and that applies to a citizen's mandatory personal armory of firearms. The M4, M16 should be the default weapon for the American citizen, but we have to recognize that individual Americans themselves are the best position to determine which one their, their personal pick would be, and that's why citizens should meet his, her, or their non-binary American gun rights or human rights, legal of obligation to be armed for the defense of the nation by selecting any effective combat rifle or carbine or the equivalent long weapon. 
Now, if you fully believe that the body disintegration that you've heard happens with a 5.56 round is insufficient for your combat needs, well, then you can go and embrace the magic of the 308, the 7.62 by 51. Or you could go in bigger. Or maybe you prefer the close-in effectiveness of double-aught buckshot, pump, or semi-auto. Your choice. AK-74, SOCOM-16, SCAR, FAL, M14, Mini-14, even a Henry repeater lever gun. These are all just some of your options. And the point is not merely to be armed. The point is to be armed with the weapons that will best allow you to do your duty of deterring and defeating criminals and tyrants. And, of course, there's no law that says you can only own one, only that you must own at least one. Why not buy several and arm yourself as the mood strikes you? I mean, you could turn it into like an outfit kind of thing, right? You could say, what goes with these shoes? Now, a lot of communists and sissies and uh, liberal wine women who have sort of figuratively castrated their husbands by refusing them to allow them to do as a real man must and buy guns and ammunition will argue that mandating and subsidizing gun ownership is somehow risky. And, you know, I guess to a degree we should sort of be happy about the fact that they're not really happy about mandating or subsidizing, but... It is something that increases the citizens' power at the expense of bureaucrats, thug huggers, and wannabe Mussolinis, right? So they're not going to subsidize that. They wouldn't do that. They will claim that it's too dangerous to allow you to use the rights granted to you by your creator, guaranteed by the Constitution, because guns can be dangerous if misused. But so can tongues and printing presses, as they and the regime media prove every single day. And the fact that we generously allow these losers to exercise their right to speak and to print nonsense despite the untold damage they're availing themselves of those rights has caused America is a simple proof that we are principal people. Rights are rights. Even if somebody uses them wrongly and you have the right, nay, the duty to pack heat. Look at the criminal chaos that's engulfing the big blue cities. An armed society is a polite society, and arming the law-abiding healthy populace would have a salutary effect on our interactions. And it would have an especially healthy impact on the crime rate, especially, you know, if we clarified the laws on using force to include protecting property. The problem of gangs of thieves swarming stores or mobbing people has a 12-gauge solution. Some weak-hearted people might assert that it's immoral to use deadly force to protect property. And it is currently generally illegal, so if you presently carry, know the law. But what is property but the physical manifestation of the time you spent working? Stealing a car is stealing a year of the victim's work. And that seems like a pretty bad thing to do. And it hardly seems immoral to prevent a crook from looting a year of your life. And it's fair to assume that early on in this new paradigm, a few criminals will get the one-way ticket to Slab City for stealing. But you know what? The others will just stop stealing because they don't want to get shot. And, of course, this is not the law now, damn it. Hell, in Soros' cities, you can't lawfully use force to defend your life or the lives of others without getting prosecuted. Make sure you obey the present law, but also exercise your right to petition your legislators to change the law. Mandatory M4 
type assault rifle ownership is a moral imperative, a rule that will allow and encourage every one of you to take a personal interest in the safety of your community and the security of the Constitution. And it will fall to that level, your community and the Constitution. Democrats are always moaning about collective action. And what could be better than the collective action of citizens to deter and defeat scumbag criminals and the would-be Castros? Until that time that we become so enlightened that we give the economy a big bolster and everybody's building guns so everybody can have a gun. Buy guns and ammunition. Be prepared. Being prepared goes so far. It's so hard to quantify how being prepared, how far it takes you. It is one of those things that you simply have got to do. It is simply the best way to go. So that's my two cents. And for those of you that are Gen Zers that are right now quaking in your boots, saying to yourself, oh, my God, he wants us to have full-on machine guns. You're right, I do. But there's a reason I do. There's a reason I do. Because there's some people out there that have plans. We'll be right back. This is Gun Owners News Hour. One more time. Gun Owners News Hour. Tyranny, which is a characteristic historically and accurately associated with the state, now seems to become a function of the private company. The government has outsourced their despotism to the conglomerates and the corporations. Dave Chappelle would say modern problems require modern solutions. This week, a video clip from 2017 went viral across social media. And this is uh, BlackRock CEO Larry Fink, along with the CEO of American Express, explaining his desire to force behaviors. You, you now make a point of that's, that's an investment criteria for you. Well, behaviors are going to have to change, and this is one thing we're, going to, we're asking companies. Uh, you have to force behaviors, and at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. Uh, 54% of the incoming class are women. We, we added four more points in terms of diverse uh, employment this year. And it, if it, it, you know, what we are doing internally is if you don't achieve these levels of impact, your compensation could be impacted, okay? We're doing the same thing. And so it's just, it, you have to force behaviors. And if you don't force behaviors, whether it's gender or race or just any way you want to say the composition of your team, you're going to be impacted. And that's not just not recruiting. It is development, as Ken said. And ultimately, it's still going to take time. But I am just as much shocked as Ken is that we have not seen more opportunities. And we're going to have to force change. 
Now, that is the same Lawrence Fink, CEO of BlackRock, who gave uh, Zelensky pro bono advice shortly before our most costly dependent provided uh, developed the patronage scheme to auction off Ukraine to the highest bidder. And he's now, he considers himself the moral kingpin. The little, the little guy never knows what is best, even what that which is in his own interest. And thank goodness for the extravagantly wealthy leftist altruists. We've already seen this uh, omniscient uh, elite versus simple rude movie, Jovis Stalin, Mao Zedong, Idi Amin. You would think that by now the communist visionaries would get a new shtick. Now, Fink's braggadocious confession is sickening. But it also highlights a phenomenon that seems exclusive to modern American politics. Private business and property has been engulfed by the fourth branch, but for all intents and purposes, a facade of separation remains. Now, during the height of COVID, when state and local governments didn't require masks, the few essential establishments like Walmart and Target did, and where state and local governments didn't forcefully shutter churches, insurance companies threatened to revoke coverage or jack up premiums. Now, today, our Constitution, because of the way things are being executed today, is basically a shell of what it originally was, but for all the abuse it has sustained, it remains a thorn in the side for the radical ideologues pushing for this new world order. Which is why they've adjusted fire. If you're not technically an agent of the state, you aren't bound by a legal document that precludes you trampling the little guy. And the Waltons and the Finks of the world have more latitude to force behaviors than a government still loosely confined by laws, full checks, and balances. Now, what Fink is talking about is the Environmental, Social, and Corporate Governance, ESG, and BlackRock's commitment in particular to the social aspect of this new business model. And he highlights gender and race and notes that if a company fails to create a diverse team, there will be an impact even in terms of compensation. So if you don't meet the woke goals, you'll take a financial hit. The ESG cartel got its foot in the door when palatable slogans like diversification and representation in the workplace, because how could we reason with oblivious but uh, well-intentioned leftists that this was all bait and switch? And if the reality striking similarities to 1984 aren't red flags, then what is? We're only eight days. Uh, nine days. Ten days into Pride Month, which came on the heels of the most sickening display of balls-to-the-wall pre-gaming I've ever seen. Tucker's tuck-friendly suits and Bud Light's girlhood promotion were pre-June targets. Tucker, tuck-friendly suits. And from the looks of it, the ESG metrics are no longer gender and race, but something completely and frighteningly inhuman now. You see, it is the intention of these people to finish the transformation of America. The rest of the world is not going in this direction right now. This is how they push the green agenda. This is how they take over things. This is how they uh, take the children from parents, right? South America, for example, South America and Africa will embrace fossil fuel at the same rate 
that India and China are going to because there is a lot of poverty in these nations. So they will embrace that and they will get away from a lot of things that, you know, they will begin to develop the way we did. And they see this as a as a opportunity to do it, right? They see it as an opportunity. In the interim, you'll feel, you'll see somebody like Brill Cream Newsom with his 28th Amendment. These guys will end up getting behind this. Remember, I told you at the outset of this that he's got about 20 years left in his political career at a minimum. I mean, some of these guys just keep on going until they're dead. Uh, so, you know, a minimum of 20 years. He's 55 years old now. So he wants to go after a 28th Amendment. And if you'll notice, some of these things that I'm laying out for you, like the uh, the younger Republicans that are find guns a little more icky and stuff like that, um, they don't have the path to do it today when I'm 62. But they do have the path to do it later on when I'm 82. Because by that time, the Gen Zers will be taking, they'll be taking control of positions. They'll be get, taking on elected office and all this other stuff. And maybe Brill Cream Newsom will be the president. Maybe AOC will be the president. So they played the demographic long game. Now they're playing the private company handoff. And these guys, as they say, are going to force behaviors. Now, interestingly, that video, that 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 uh, that audio was from 2017. That was six years ago. I wonder what they think now, because what you saw with the Bud Light and the Target debacles was them trying to force behavior. This was forcing behavior on another level. It's one thing to do it internally inside your company. It's quite another thing to try to do that out there when you're trying to be a retail operation or you're making a retail good, which Bud Light makes a retail good and uh, Target runs a retail operation. And, of course, both of them tried to force a behavior. And they're seeing the pushback now. So I wonder how often these guys are willing to sit back and just reset because all of this is tied to uh, economics. This is all tied to economics. And the long game. If they can get your children to believe that they can be whatever they want, uh, that be, it'll be much easier to tell them, you can be whatever you want, but you need to listen to me. Just like they did with COVID. The COVID experience, that was an information operation where they tried something on us and we fell for it. We fell for it. And when the government's starting to lighten up, some of the companies continue to push this thing about, you know, masks and distancing and all this other stuff. Just see if we do it. Because some of them were allowed to stay open like nothing, nothing changed, except you had to wear a mask. And, you know, I had a few people that get, got to get on me for going in the wrong direction or something like that. They, you know, I found that sort of funny. That's how scared they were. They, got, they, they developed the intestinal fortitude to call me out for going that way when I should have been going that way. Of course, I just kept on going the way I was going. They could shout till the ceiling fell in on them. I couldn't care less. I'll be back with you next weekend. I want you to remember this. 
carry a weapon everywhere you can. Because nobody's coming. There's nobody going to save you but you. And you're probably the best one for the job anyway. Stay awake. Stay aware. This has been Gun Owners News Hour. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.